you are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. house of the Lord. Amen. He is risen. He is risen. Yes. Today we celebrate the empty tomb and we celebrate Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. Praise God. He has conquered death, hell, and the grave. Could you somebody say amen? Praise his name. The resurrection changes everything. Everything. I was a young man uh, more years ago than I care to remember. I was home for the holidays. My wife and I were home for the holidays. And uh, my home is in northeastern Pennsylvania. And that's where I graduated from high school. That's my home church. And we were staying with my parents, and I was going to meet some of my friends. We were taking a, a hike. And I love being out of doors in the wintertime. This is at Christmas time. Absolutely love it. And there's snow on the ground. And in northeastern Pennsylvania, uh, they have quite severe uh, winters there. It can get cold. But on this particular day that I was going to meet them, and I would, we were walking, hiking, and I woke up at about 5.30 in the morning, and I checked the thermometer on the back porch, and it was right at 40 degrees, and it felt balmy. You know, it's, you know you're used to cold when 40 degrees feels balmy. And, uh, and so I said, oh, my goodness, so it's going to be a warm day. So I decided <clears throat> I would just wear a light jacket because I'd be covering uh, a lot of ground. And, um, and the sun was supposed to shine that day. And so I, I drove in my automobile, and it took maybe a half hour or so to get there. And when I stepped out, the temperature had fallen precipitously down to about freezing. But being young, being invincible, uh, why would you let anything deter you like that? You're going to meet friends. Besides, I was going to be hiking, and, and once again, I love being up in farm country and the snow and the, the pine trees, the hemlocks. Just, it was just gorgeous uh, once again. There, I only know there's no place like home. There's no place like home. And if you've lived here for decades, you still want to go home. You, you know what I'm talking about. So, um, so I, I started, and I was walking at a fast pace, and I, I, we were going to meet up, and I, I started to, to actually break a sweat. And, um, 
the wind started howling and picking up, and I got colder and colder and colder. And then I started uh, shivering. How many of you have ever shivered in the cold? But the next step is shivering where you can't stop. How many have been in that particular place? Shivering, shivering where you can't stop, shaking, and then becoming disoriented. I, I found myself, uh, I went under, uh, there was a grove of hemlocks next to a, a, a beautiful, sort of a desolate place, a swamp that was there, and it was beautiful to me. And uh, I sat down, and I just, I, I, I didn't hardly know where I was. And um, uh, this just feeling of being disoriented, just shaking, 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 can't stop. And after a while, my friend appeared. And we had been friends since the eighth grade. He was a big husky guy. We were about 25 years of age. He, had, he was a football player, def defensive end for, um, for Temple University, four-year full scholarship, just a big guy. And he saw me, and he came over to me, and he said, man, we've been looking for you. What's going on? And I'm just... And he said, well, I'm, we're here. And I'll never forget, he had, he had a heavy coat on. And he took that coat off. And he, and he wrapped it around me. He said, you're going to be okay. And he said, I'll never forget, and at, at age 25, I wasn't used to another man having their arm around my waist. It's just not what we did, not not from northeastern Pennsylvania that's home of coal miners and football players, but he said, he said, you're going to be okay. I'm going to walk with you. And we walked across that farm field, the long walk, and we're able to get in that vehicle that was warm. We started it up, and I found my way home. I had miscalculated. I was in over my head. My clothes weren't enough. My mind wasn't strong enough. My body was not up to the task, but I needed him, someone to find me, someone to take their clothes off, if you would, and wrap their arms and put it around my shoulder. And friends, what Easter is about is this, that every one of us, every one of us, because we were born and because we're made of flesh, we all come to a place when we're in over our head. The Bible says all of us have been born in sin and we're shaping in iniquity. That's the course of this world. That's why Paul said, be, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, by receiving the, the gift of salvation so that you can prove what God's perfect will is for you. In short, we needed a Savior and Jesus Christ came. God's Word says that he, he emptied Himself of all that He was. He took off His clothes, His robes, kingly robes in heaven. He laid them aside and He took on Himself the form of a servant for you and for me that we could have eternal life. And now He walks beside us every day in the power of the resurrection. Praise His name. Amen. So we celebrate today. He is risen. Yes, He is risen indeed.
Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. He said, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel. The gospel means good news, which I preach to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, in which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Praise God. This gospel... His resurrection means our revolution. Jesus before the cross in John eleven twenty five 25 would say these words. And Jesus said at the tomb of Lazarus, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Praise God. When he hung on the cross in John 19.30, John wrote this, Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. It means that his resurrection means our revolution. Would you say that with me? Say, my revolution. Yes. If you're this morning, as you're online, we're live streaming, would you just put that in the comments? My revolution. My revolution. When he cried, it is finished. He cried the work that the Heavenly Father had given to him was now complete. Because you see, God is a holy God. He's a loving God. And he's also a just God. Just God. Jesus Christ came because we all have sinned in one way, shape, or another. It, sometimes we like to categorize sin. Well, oh, that's not too bad. Or if I tell a little fib, um, that, that's okay. But that's not what we're talking We're talking about a God who's absolutely holy, who loves us, but is just. And so it could be that we have gossiped. I know no one here would ever do that. We've cheated, maybe lied or fibbed, lusted, whatever. All, all of that throws a barrier between us and a just God and that has to be dealt with somehow. But we're not able to do that on our own. And so God sent Jesus Christ to pay the price for you and for me. And when he paid the price, and as we receive him as our Savior, that satisfies a just God. The fact that Jesus bore our sins on Calvary's cross shows how much he loves us, that he's a loving God. Sometimes we have the idea that, that God is angry at us. I'm telling you, 
Listen, Jesus bore the wrath of God for you and for me. How many understand that? He bore that for you and for me. And we all, we all sin in one way, shape, or the other. This morning, I, you know, I've been looking forward to this day. In fact, on Thursday, I woke up, and my heart was just singing, it's Good Friday. Man, we're going to have Good Friday services. And I've been reading the accounts from all the gospel this week, and just, oh, man, I'm just pumped. And, and even sunrise service, I could hardly wait at 7.15 to step out under that 39-degree weather with the wind coming out of the northwest. And then two services today and just rejoicing and celebrating the empty tomb and the risen Savior. But this morning, uh, and, and I, you know, I was praying, I'm looking at scriptures, I'm doing, and so I set a timer. I set a timer to remind me I only had so much time. But the timer was really, when it went off, it was to remind me to set another timer. How many, you know, you know like the snooze button? How many, you know what I'm talking about, the snooze button. So my clock went off this morning at 5 a.m. I just rolled over and I hit that sucker, snooze. I got another eight minutes. It's the most beautiful eight minutes in the world till the alarm goes off. So I set a timer, but I forgot to set the second timer. And so I looked at my watch and it was, oh my Lord. I, said, I looked at my cell phone and I said to Chris, I said, babe, look what time it is. We've got a sunrise service at 7.15 and it's 6.37 right yet and I haven't even showered. So, no, I didn't take the shortcut and just put deodorant on. You know what I'm saying? So, I jumped in the shower. I got in my car, and I'm going down the road, and, I, and I'm stepping on it. And all of a sudden, I get to the place where the sheriff's department stopped me a few months ago when we were meeting outside, and she's on a Sunday morning, and all of a sudden, it hit me because you can't see where they are. And I said, oh, God, please help me. <laughs> it's, I'm in a 30 and I'm doing 45. Now, how many know, I mean, how, how many know that you, you can do something wrong even when you're not thinking about it? You know what I'm talking about? And I don't know if God would have answered that prayer. God, help me. I just broke the law, but Lord, help me anyway. And so I got here with 10 minutes to spare. Can someone say Amen. But the good news of the gospel is it's so powerful that when we receive it, it changes us. It means the revolution, our revolution means that we can have a fresh start in the name of Jesus Christ. It means that there's a new sheriff in town. Can someone say amen? There's a new administration, not an administration that's out to get us, but an administration that's out to love us, an administration that was willing to die for us and bear the weight and the penalty of our sin and the sin of the world and to rise again on the third day so that you and I could live in the power of the resurrection. Praise His holy name forever and ever and ever. Praise God. It means that we can, when we receive salvation, the Scripture says, Behold, all things Old things are passed away and all things become new. We're a new creation. We receive the abounding 
grace of God that makes a way to God when we can't get there. It covers, it's a bridge from us to God when we can't get there by ourselves. And that's why Jesus Christ came. It means that we can enter a new trajectory in life. You know, friends, we can get to a place in life where we don't think we can even help ourselves. We only wish it was different. So we can do some things to deny reality. But the Lord has a new trajectory for each and every one that calls upon the name of the Lord. The resurrection, here's the good news, is not just what Jesus did, but it is who he is, praise God. Amen. Amen. Is this not something in the, in the past, but it's who he is. We can walk with him every day. It is, Paul wrote, it is the power that lives in us, and it literally quickens our mortal bodies. Roman 8.11 says, if this same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, how many know that's a powerful spirit? A powerful spirit to come back from the dead dwells in you. And you say, Pastor Paul, how does that happen? We call upon the name of the Lord and say, Lord, help me, forgive me. I want to know your love and your forgiveness. His, we're born again. It literally quickens our mortal or our present bodies. The second thing I want to share with you from Scripture this morning is that his resurrection is our cornerstone. Jesus is alive. Everybody serves something. They serve. We serve our own desires. We serve the spirit, the, the prince of this world. His name is Satan. He's called the devil. Jesus said that, he said, he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. That's his end game for you and for me. That, that's what it's all about. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, praise his name. And so, his resurrection is our cornerstone. Paul went on to write in 1 Corinthians 15, and he said, here's the context of this. There were people in the Corinthian church that were so influenced by uh, the the, the world around them, the Greek philosophers, uh, one of them, which was Gnosticism, and that we, you know, our bodies, and it just, they denied, all, they, they denied the resurrection of Jesus. They said, you don't need that. You can serve him. You don't need to believe in the resurrection. So Paul says, if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. Can you imagine it? No resurrection of the dead, then not even Jesus Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain. Your faith also is vain. But now, I love the but nows in the scripture. How about you? But now. They're so much different. When I was a kid, my parents would give me chores to do. And I don't know. I, they tell me I little, have little ADHD. Is that right? My wife said, move along here. <laughs> I could get sidetracked at the drop of a hat. There's always something more interesting than setting the timer. And uh, 
They'd say, have you got, got your room clean? I said, oh, no, I was, I was going to butt. I was going to butt. And so they would call me going to butt. I always had a going to butt. But I love this about the Scripture. There's no going to butt about Jesus. How many know what I'm talking about? But now, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. If there's no resurrection, all is lost. Our faith is futile. There's, not only is our faith futile, there is no hope for this world. No hope. All hope is gone. The mission has failed. But the fact is that Jesus was raised and he was vindicated. He is who he says he is. Yesterday, I had my five-year-old grandson in the backseat of the car. And I, so I took him over to a place in town called The Mill. And some of you might have been to The Mill. They, they sell seeds and just a lot of cool stuff, bird seed. And, and, and my wife likes to buy bird seed, the black oilers, by the 25-pound bag. Uh, every bird in the neighborhood lands in our yard, and all the squirrels, too. And she gets, tries to run the squirrels off. It's futile, isn't it? Yeah. So I took him over there because they sell peeps. How many know what peeps are? You know, those little furry yellow balls. So, Papa, are we going to see the peeps? You know, and I told her, baby, oh, are we almost there? And so I, I, I take him in, and we go up to the peep cages, and they're empty. I said, where, where are the peeps? She said, they're sold out. He's looking at me like, what next? Fortunately, they had canaries. So I have a cage of canaries. I don't know, canaries not a substitute for a peep, but anyway, one, one blue, one, one green. So um, we get in the car, and I... I called him by name, and I said, you know what, tomorrow is, yeah, it's Easter. I said, what's happening? He said, I want to get Easter eggs, and, you know, and, and he said, I'm going to church. That, that's good. If you're a pa your mom and dad are pastor and pastor's wife, bring your kids to church. That's a good thing. So, and he's telling me about it, and then I said, well, I'm listening. Like, where's the story of the cross here, you know? And I, I said, well, what, what else is Easter about? I said, do you know that Jesus Christ came for us and he died on the cross? He said, Papa, I saw a movie. He said, and Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And then he rose again. And then listen to this. I almost fell over. He said, Papa, Jesus is right. He was buried, but he was vindicated and raised in glory. Everything he said is so and true. It means that the gospel is true and powerful. We're no longer under the grip of sin. The past is settled and the future is covered. And we live now in the power of the resurrection. It's the cornerstone of a fresh start. It means that 
the ground underneath us. Now our pathway is now solid. It's not giving away. It's not miry clay. It's not the swamp. It's not anything, but it's firm, and we, our eyes are fixed on him. We build our life on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. There was an Easter devotion by Elevation Church, and it said the resurrection is not an event of the past or a hope that is to come. Resurrection is with you right now. The place, it's the place you lead from, the place you dream from, the place you parent from, the place you pray from, and the truth you rest in, and the power that we walk in day by day by day. Praise his name. I've asked Chris Wagner to come and share his testimony. I love Chris, love this young man. Um, Chris came to the Lord a few years ago, and uh, I understand that you were even at least agnostic or whatever, sort of, or yeah, yeah, we'll not quite. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then you met a beautiful young lady, yeah. Avi Dean. Where's Avi? <laughs> yes. And you're getting married August? Correct, yeah, in August, early August. Early August, yeah, don't forget the timer. And uh, <laughs> God bless you. Yeah, let's cool. welcome Thank you, Chris. thank you. Yes. Good morning, church. Uh, happy Resurrection Sunday, guys. Uh, so as Pastor Paul said, uh, my name is Chris Wagner. Um, and he asked me uh, this last week to, you know, kind of share my testimony. I said, of course, I would love to. Uh, I was really excited. And so when I was reflecting about kind of you know, what happened and how I met Christ, uh, I had some really good scriptures come to me, but, and I'll, be, I'll dive into them a little bit, but this kind of, the story goes back to actually when I was in high school, and in high school, I thought I had all my plans figured out. I thought I knew exactly where I was going to be going, where I was going to be for the next 10 years, and, you know, so I figured out I was going to go to these colleges. I had ROTC lined up with either the Air Force or the Army, um, you know, that'll, you know, keep me booked for 10 years, and so, Anyway, as I came up to the end of my senior year, uh, everything came to a screeching halt, and for some reason I had this urge to decline everything. I don't know why, it seemed crazy at the time, but I declined everything, all my scholarships, all the ROTC, all the you know, colleges that I had acceptance to, and that summer heading into it, I felt like I kind of spiraled a little bit and was just very lost internally, and because of that, uh, my heart was in the wrong place, a lot of the actions that I was doing came out of that uh, lost heart, and so I was doing, I was, you know, I was doing drugs, I was drinking, I was, and it kind of got worse, and I kept getting trapped in that, and it was all because of my heart, and so as I went into my first semester of college at Hartford Community College, I ended up actually getting to meet uh, one of my really, really good friends now, um, Samuel Stauffer, as many of you guys know, and he actually, as we got to know each other, he invited me to come to Grace College Age, and as I went to Grace College Age uh, for the first time, I was unsure if I should say yes or not, and I thought about it. And by the grace of God, I did say yes. And so as I went the first time, I think between my interactions with Sam as well as when I first entered the room, I noticed there was something different about the people uh, here at Grace and the people uh, who were followers of Christ. And I think it was something that they had that I didn't, and I wanted it really bad. And I think it was this joy inside of them. And so as we went into a time of musical worship, I actually felt this physical burning sensation in my chest uh, that I couldn't describe. And I had no words. I didn't want to tell anyone because I was like, oh, this, is, this is weird. And so I didn't tell anyone. And so as we went into a time of kind of a Bible study and we started talking, I remember Josh interjected at one point and actually shared and described this exact feeling that I had that I have not shared with anyone. And he goes on and uh, 
continues to talk about the love of Christ, the passion that Christ has for us, his desire for us. And so that just intrigued me because I was like, oh my gosh, he knows exactly what I'm thinking right now. So I, afterwards, I brought a few people uh, who were at the college group and I asked them the questions in the parking lot. And as we were talking, uh, you know, for a long time, eventually I got to the point where I was like, I need this in my life. I need Christ. I was so desperate. I was like, I need to get out of this cycle. And I remember falling to my knees and just asking Christ, please come to my life, please forgive me, and playing, uh, praying for repentance, praying for belief in him, help me, God, I don't know who you are, but I know there is power in the name of Jesus, and that's all I knew at the time, and from that moment on, he actually delivered me from all that, I, I stopped doing, I stopped smoking weed and all the other things, and beyond that, how Christ transformed my life is he started with my heart, and all the other things started to follow. And I could go on and on about how much Christ has met me in different situations, how he's provided for me, how he's placed me with people, uh, you know, just introduced me to. But I think the most important thing that, you know, I can kind of take away from this is just that I have a father in heaven who wants to be with me and I get to be with him. Uh, and that's through Jesus Christ. And I remember in my time when I started studying the Bible, when I was reading through Luke for the first time, I came across uh, Luke 24, uh, 32, which is right after Jesus, uh, you know, was resurrected. And he was walking with two of the disciples, and after he vanished, the disciples said to each other, uh, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road and while he opened us up to scriptures? And when I read that, I just started weeping. I was like, this is exactly how I felt the first night I met Christ. It was, it was the most powerful thing in the world. Um, and I'm so thankful that I met Christ. I'm so thankful that Sam introduced me to Grace College Age, and I was able to uh, receive Christ in my life. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah. Thank you, Pastor Paul. Yeah. But the important thing I just wanted you guys all to know through my story is the fact that the reason why we're celebrating today is because Christ rose and because he, is, because he lives, we now live as well uh, through him. I just want you guys to take away that. And as you think about this season in Easter, season in his resurrection, his crucifixion, what that means for us, um, what he's done in my life doesn't end with me. And there's many people who can still accept Christ today uh, and do the same exact transformation, this radical transformation uh, in your life. And I really hope that he does. He's the deliverer. Thank you, Chris. Good job, man. Yes. So good. Chris is a great encouragement to a pastor. I watch him, Chris, you didn't know I was watching you, but <laughs> from an early, early time after you received Jesus, I watched him, you sit right there, and you got a Bible, and you got notes, and you just take notes, just take notes, and everything's hungry, hungry for, for God and the things of God, and uh, we're just so grateful for the work of the Lord in your life, but that he's no respecter of persons that it's for everyone here, anyone, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Praise God. Praise his name. I want to share two more things with you. His resurrection means God's meta plan for the ages is on track. God's meta plan for the ages is on track. Paul wrote this. He said, for since by a man came death, 
by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after that those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to God and Father, when he has abolished all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be abolished is death. Meta, meta, meta. God's meta plan. Meta, uh, some say that it's meta, M-E-T-A, is an acronym for the most available or most effective tactics available. Meta is beyond. It's greater than. So uh, Facebook is now called what? Meta. That Facebook has plans to expand beyond what you and I use it for. Oh, look, it's my birthday. You know, oh, look, it's, oh, look. Uh, look at the fish that I caught. Look at the, you know, it's, they have plans. Meta, that's why they call it meta. God has a meta plan for this world. When humanity in the garden, God had given to them everything. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Have dominion over it. What that means is, in the garden, they were, that's the original place that God met with man, humanity. Every night he came. And uh, God's plan was he created Adam and Eve in his image, and then he made them ruler over his creation, and then he would meet with them. He loved them. He was his children. Chi they were his children. And so he said, be fruitful, multiply, have, have children, and spread the boundaries of this. And when he said dominion, he wasn't talking about being dictators, but it, take my word and my presence as you have children and expand this over all the earth. God's word records that the serpent came. In, it was actually the enemy of our soul, devil, the devil, Satan, in the form of a serpent. He appeared to them, appeared to Eve, and he said, you know, um, you know what God said? He said, you can have everything, but you just can't have this one thing. He said, you know why he said that? Because God knows the day that you eat this, you're going to be just like God. And so <clears throat> Eve, Eve ate this fruit. It was called the knowledge of good and evil. She ate this fruit. And the enemy of our souls was right because only God ultimately has the capacity to know what's good and evil. Do you, do you understand that? When humanity took to themselves and they decided that they now sit in the seat of what they will call good and evil, it's this downward spiral. So the scripture says that in the last days, things that mankind calls good will actually be evil, and what they call evil will actually be good. And so we live in a day and night, uh, 
a day, an age, when black is white and white is black. How many of you have witnessed this? Yeah, you've witnessed this. And you're going, Where, what has happened to the things that we believe, the foundations that has formed us and who we are, our values, and look what they're parading in front of us. All, it's this assault against it's not just an assault against you, but it's, assault, it's an assault against the very life-giving meta-plan that God has for you and God has for me. And when humanity decides what's good and evil, you have a man like Putin, who is, he's, what he's doing over there, he's broadcasting to his people that he's in there doing something good. You, you see what I'm talking about? Good an evil being called good, but we do that also in our own lives. And so the enemy uses that ever since as a wedge, and he will say to an individual, well, why don't you do this? I just want to say this morning that all sin is a shortcut to some place that God never intended. There's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is death. All right. And so here's the deal. When when Jesus Christ came, God had a, has a meta plan to bring it to reconcile you and me back to him. Can someone say praise God? Into relationship and for us to be alive again towards the Lord just like Adam and Eve were in the garden. That's, that's the meta plan that God has for us. So Jesus has conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave. Now, I want to encourage you this way, that, that the enemy still has power, but he doesn't have all power. Can someone say amen? He's still working, but the enemy's days are numbered. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he crushed the serpent's head. Can you say amen? There's power there, but he still has moves, but he doesn't have the winning move. So he comes against you and he comes against me, he comes in the spirit of this age to wreak his havoc, but Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of God's meta plan, came to be King of kings and Lord of lords. Do you hear me today? Yes. And, and there one day he will present this earth to God our Heavenly Father, the kingdoms of this world will one day finally be the kingdoms of our Heavenly Father. Peace will reign on this earth. And God's justice, God's righteousness, you, you hear what I'm saying? God's holiness, God's purity, God's peace, He will reign forever and ever and ever and ever. Praise God. Praise His name. The Bible says that in that day, in fact, if you read the end of the book, the Bible, you would see that we win. Praise God. We might fight the devil day by day, and he comes by temptation. He has moves, but he does not have the winning move. Only God has the end game plan in mind. Can someone say amen? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Praise his name. Amen. And that, so the resurrection means that his meta plan, is right on track. God is greater and his purposes will not be thwarted. Whether it's the COVID pandemic, politics, the state of our country, the war in Ukraine, or navigating life's disappointments, 
God wants us to know that because he lives, we live. Praise God. Amen. Man, no matter where you are and what we're going through, we live because of him. And he said, death is defeated. The last enemy will be death. For the believer, for the believer, when we go to draw our last foe, death has already been defeated. For the follower of Jesus Christ to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. Can someone say amen? I've read the end of the book and we win, praise God, amen. I read what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians and he said this, to be absent, he said, though this earthly, this earthly tent be destroyed, we have a home in the heavenlies, not made with hands, but made as the temple of God for us to be there. I've been with, I've been with people who are drawing their last breath and for one reason or another in life, they have said to the Lord, I don't want you involved in my life. I want to determine what's good for me and what I want, I want. Stay away from me. It's a very common thing when someone gets ready to die, they know they're ready to die. And I, listen, I've heard full-grown men scream out in terror, God, no, 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 don't take me. But I've held the hands also of people who have said, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I want to be your follower. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for paying the price for me. And they've received forgiveness and God's peace. And I've been there when they're on the verge of passing away and some have passed away. I've heard, I've heard them say to me, oh, oh, pastor, can you hear them singing? They were talking about heaven. Listen, there was no music being typed in, being piped in into that ICU ward. How many of you, you hear what I'm saying? There were tubes in their body. There was, there was no hope. And they're, they're talking about heaven. And it's not an isolated instance. Two years ago in the middle of the summer, we had been meeting outside. And uh, thank God that we met outside, and uh, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to get into where the COVID was the devil's plan. I'm just not going to get there. All I know is we couldn't meet inside, but God has a meta plan, and we met outside. Six months with no rain on a Sunday morning. It was a strain. It was hard on everybody. But you know that people were added to the church during that time that are here this morning because of it. The Lord, can someone say praise God? Yes, God has a meta plan. He's greater than anything in this world. And I shared with the church back then, I, I had this, this crazy thing that I was asleep one night and, and I dreamt I was dying. I, this is crazy. I wasn't afraid to die. But I was saying, no, God, don't take me. I've got too much to do here. What about my wife and my kids? What about my family? Lord, what about the church? What about this? What about that? And it was almost like this spiritual escalator. I'm, 
and I can't run down at it, and I'm coming, coming. That's what it felt like, and I come up to this place. It was heaven, and I, I'm right to the very line. No, please don't. Like, let me off this thing. You can't do I can't die. And this form appeared to me, and I don't know if it was an angel. I don't know what it was, but he said, he said, take my hand. I want to show you a few things. And all of, a lo- all of a sudden, when I saw heaven and the glories of heaven, the Lord ministered to me and he said, it's okay to let this stuff go. It's okay. Paul said, in this life, only if we've only had hope in Jesus Christ, we're of all men to be pitied because this hope is called the blessed hope. One day we're going to see him face to face. Praise God. Death is defeated. His resurrection is our confidence. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. Now, Josh, would you bring the band up if you would? We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. He's writing to the church. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable, that's our our bodies, will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, death swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. That was the, the, the law of God before Jesus Christ came, and no one was keeping. Jesus Christ came to make a way. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Praise his name. Our confidence, church, is not in flesh and blood, but it is in his finished work and his resurrection. I've had many, 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 many people say to me, well, what's the future look like for you? They, I, we want to know your plans. I said, I, I, we've got some plans. But good grief, if a guy like Chris Wagner has a five-year plan, God changes it. You know, the Bible says this. Man plans his way, but God directs his path. I don't know what the future holds for me except that Jesus Christ is going to walk with me. I've been living in this power of the resurrection. I want to encourage you this morning, keep walking in it. Keep walking in it. Keep walking in it. Keep walking in it. We've walked in it through some deep valleys in life. We've walked in it in the loss of a baby that was never born. 
We've walked in some really deep things. We've just kept walking in the power of the resurrection. Be steadfast, unmovable. This confidence we have is we will see Jesus one day. It's our blessed hope. We walk because like Jesus, we know where we're from and where we're going. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. Can someone say, praise God? We have a cornerstone. We're building our life upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise God this morning. Our confidence is that we have victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I praise God this morning that we have purpose. We have confidence that what we've done, that our labor and work in the Lord is not in vain. The enemy of your soul wants to take your life and limit it to what you want. I want you to hear me, please. What you want and what you call good. And often what we call good is because it's only for us and it doesn't serve anybody else. We don't care what it does to anybody else, but we want what we want. What the enemy of our soul has for this is to limit you and bring your choices down, 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 down in the corner and there's nowhere to go without hope and without God. But what Jesus Christ comes to do is to bless your life and multiply you. Can someone say amen this morning? Yes. His plan is to multiply your life, to bless other people so that behind you there's a trail of people that you have influenced for good and for God. Praise His name. Therefore, we just keep walking. Will you say walking with me? Walking, walking, be steadfast, be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor in Him is not in vain. Praise God. Praise Jesus. This morning's devotion of the YouVersion Bible Act was by Craig Rochelle. A marvelous devotion on Easter. But he said, he said, an old guy once said, <laughs> said this he said, uh, about Jesus. He said, if a guy predicts his death and that he will rise from it and then pulls it off, I'm going with that. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to bow your head. Would you bow your head with me this morning? If we're going to, would you just open your heart up to the Lord right now? Jesus came to give you a future and a hope. He came to to cleanse us so that we can draw near to God. God's not angry with you. God loves you and God loves me. That's why he sent his son. Pay the price when nothing else would do. Thank you. Heavenly Father, as our head is bowed and our eyes are closed, we thank you, Lord, for your great plan. We thank you that the resurrection of Jesus Christ 
is our cornerstone. It's our revolution. It's a fresh start. It means that we now have access to you. You draw near when we couldn't draw near to you. So now we have access. We thank you for it. I pray, Lord, that many, many people today, Lord, will come to faith in you. I pray that many, many, many people that are followers of you, that their faith will be strengthened because of your word and what you did, because you indeed are the resurrection and the life. Would you just keep your heads bowed? This morning, if you're here and you say, I, I want to follow Jesus Christ, I want to ask the Lord to come into my life this morning, I want to take that step to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Would you just raise your hand right now, wherever you are, raise it. Yes, I see that. Are there others this morning? Just raise your hand quickly. Raise your hand quickly. I want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, 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 see that. This morning, how many are here and you'd say, I needed to hear God's word this morning. And I'm just saying, Lord, uh, uh, yes, strengthen me. Strengthen me as a follower of Jesus Christ. Your resurrection makes all the difference. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep walking, knowing that Friday might be here, but Sunday's coming for me. Yes. Jesus said in Matthew, he told them after the Last Supper, he said, I'm going to rise from the dead, and then I'm going to meet you in Galilee. Church, church, Jesus has risen, and he's going to meet you in your Galilee. Praise his name. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me this morning? We have prayer teams coming. Yes. One more time. He is risen. Praise God. Amen. The Lord bless you. Go in his power and in his strength and in his victory. God bless you.